Guys, welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, as ever, remember that all the information you're about to hear is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any illnesses or diseases. Please make sure to consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any of the things we may discuss in this podcast. Speaking of education, if you're an exercise professional, coach or anyone working within the realms of health and fitness, when you're done listening here, make sure to head on over and check out our education portal at www themusclementors.co.uk if you like us and truly care about the well-being of your clients about getting access to the best and most up-to-date information in the areas of exercise mechanics hypertrophy sleep improving your online coaching services and much much more then be sure to join up you'll gain access to endless hours of content focused around everything you need to become a truly elite coach and get your clients in the best physical shape possible this is all in the form of video lectures weekly live education sessions and study groups you also get early access to our podcast and access to any exclusive Q&A segments we do with our guests. The content never stops on the portal. It's not a one-off course. It's an ever-evolving learning platform designed to give you the best information possible in this area. Head on over to our website and become part of our epic community, full to the brim of other professionals who, like yourself, are focused on providing the best health and physique-related results for their clients. Join us and them and gain the resources, support and accountability you need to become the elite of the health and fitness industry. For now, though, grab yourself a pen and paper and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Must Mentors podcast. Um, back with myself, Jimbo, Paul, Ross. Um, and we're going to keep with the theme of entertaining things. Well, I say last, last time was obviously common mistakes in the gym. Um, we're now going to go with stupid shit we've seen in the gym stupid shit we've seen or done um, um so this is less about common mistakes we see people making but more about just laughable stuff we see people doing or have done ourselves which should be pretty fun um, we should be just luke for a full hour i think he's he's constantly making mistakes uh <laughs> yeah every week's a, a mistake in my book no um no the uh, but no so We'll kick it off. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm thinking, Jimbo. I know you had some stories. Um, James is James has been in the industry for people that aren't aware for yeah. about forty. Since the Victorian, yeah, <laughs> for a while. 14. Prince Albert was kicking around when Jimbo lifted his first dumbbell. It was on the back of a penny farthing. It was impressive. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there, and I want Paul to do the mass straight off the top of his head while I'm talking through it. I'm sure this is something that. I know I've seen twice, I think, um, that at some point we've probably maybe all seen or maybe not. By, by seen, you mean done? No, no, no. This one, <laughs> this one I haven't done. I'll, I'll, I'll bring them in in a, a little bit. <laughs> I'll start with them. That, yeah, I caught you, bro. But someone had been squatting, I think it's four plates. Uh, and then some other little guy came along. I say little guy because he couldn't squat the four plates, but I can't, I can't <laughs> squat that either. I get squashed. But went and took... All the twenties, one side. <laughs> um, Up goes the barbell. Come, Paul. So, how quick would that barbell move? <laughs> it depends on the length of the barbell as to the point it's most hitting. Seven foot barbell with eighty kilos on one side, obviously flying up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 80, 80 kilos on one side, an unsuspecting teenager on the other. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a client, I used to have a client called Julie, who uh, I was on holiday at the time, who this basically happened to. Someone had left, uh, so they had 100 kilos on the bar, so two plates. For those of you who've never done this, 
If you leave two 20K plates on one side of a barbell and take them off the other side and they're on a rack, that bar will tip up. You can get away with 90 something and then it starts to tip. You can just get away if you leave it an inch over the edge of the rack, you'll be fine on two. I've experimented with it. <laughs> you'll be fine on two. It's when you go up to three or four, you're in trouble. I always get it. So this happened to, to Julie. So someone stripped two plates off of the one side, the bar tipped up flew crashed into a wall that was next to it bounced off the wall and then the edge of the barbell cracked her in the skull her skull she had swelling of the brain and was like in a pretty bad way for a, a good few weeks so though we laugh <laughs> i've got a terrible story that involved that and again i wasn't there with my client at this time i'd like to point this out this wasn't me um but yeah it was, oh, was there he would have caught the bar <laughs> yeah exactly there was one a similar thing. So we're in, I think, the well, one of the first gyms I ever properly trained. She's in. fine now, I should point out. She didn't let die. <laughs> yeah. So a similar one where this guy, one of the coaches who owned the gym was was um, squatting. I think it was safety bar squatting or barbell squatting. And they were they, they were quite into like, you know, S&C style lifting. So, you know, fairly heavy low rep stuff and started struggling. And this member in the gym thought he was being helpful and came up and went, I'll help spot and just pushed up on one side of the bar. That was quite a nightmare. That was quite, I mean, yeah, the, the guy squatting didn't really take it that well. Um, but everyone, <laughs> like, Can you imagine you were squatting someone just came and tipped you over? <laughs> <laughs> it was the way I remember he announced it then. was like, I'll help. <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry friend i have arrived <laughs> <laughs> proceeds to just do the worst possible thing yeah it's pretty bad it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh that's sensational oh, man. I mean, this goes without saying by the way people that are listening or watching um when you share this try and share it with a story um, or comment on YouTube yeah. as a story that they've stuck yeah. into because they'll probably I, I did also once see a dude put collars on a smith machine yeah. I mean, I'm all for I'm all for safety, but I'm not sure how aggressively he was lifting yeah. up one side. I had a fella. I remember a fella staring at me. I used to work in like a big box gym, and like, I think it was I think it was barbell press at the time in the rack. And then uh, just kept coming over, and he's like, "You finish with that?" I'm like, no, like I'll finish it. Kept coming over and kept coming over, and eventually I was like, "Yeah, I'm done with those." Like he proceeded to just take the clips and then put them on the leg press. <laughs> so I was just sitting there staring at him. I was like, "There's no way this guy is going to do that." Put them twenty plate each side, showed him on the leg press. Like he was obviously waiting because outside clips, it was drastically unsafe. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So he's sitting there. He's like, "I can't do this without clips." How wrong no was your leg press? <laughs> yeah, no wonder he was so Adam D. Without them. I was like, this is hilarious. But talking about clips, I remember when I was probably, I think, 17 or 18, uh, doing flat bench press in a gym. There's no one else in the gym. And I'm sure we've all been there, well, maybe at some point, where I got stuck. Yep. <laughs> Barbell on my chest, looking around like, shit, there's no one around. <laughs> and luckily, no I hadn't put clips on. Yeah. So then for, for me until, like, well, not that I bench press nowadays, um, but then for all the years and years of bench pressing, I never had clips. <laughs> just so you could get out. <laughs> well, then you can get out. If you put clips on, you're, you're stuck. I've been stuck with clips on. I had to do the old rolling down the torso maneuver. Yeah. Again, I was probably only like 60 kilos or something on there when I was like 18. 
And you get to this really awkward point where it's sitting on your pelvis slash cock and balls. You have to do this weird, <laughs> weird sit-up maneuver to try and like get it keeping going over the family jewels and rolling down your thighs before destroying everything and sitting up. It's just, it's a bad day at the office. Yeah. I, I had one where I was um, box squatting in a rack, same gym as the one that um, that, that last story was in, actually. The... Um, but it was safety bar squat and I was doing it where safety bar and I was like holding the rack kind of steady, like kind of steady yourself slash cheat because that's, that's the only reason people do this. It's not that um, yeah, this is quite a while ago, but anyway, I was setting it up um, and one of the members, I, mean, I don't remember how, I can't remember how much I had on there. It must've been like 400 kilos. I think it was at the time, probably a fair amount. Um, and they were setting up and, and they were like, you sure you don't want to put safety pins in? I think actually that was one of the guys who worked there. And I was like, no, 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 I'll be fine, mate. I've done this loads. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then did the thing, but obviously clips on the end and all this stuff. And also the bar was like, the rack was quite close to a wall. So it wasn't easy to like tip once you were, yeah, if you're in that position. Anyway, a few reps in, get to the bottom. And I was like, I physically can't stand up. Even if I was like trying to pull, I was like, ah. Oh. No. so i was like and i actually just sat there for like 30 seconds and then i met like this woman old woman came in probably in the like 50s was like are you okay and i was like no <laughs> like, and she was like i was like can you put the pin in <laughs> she fumbled the pin in on one on both sides but <laughs> at different heights and also really low down so i had to dump it by being like she's <laughs> like, really low and um yeah and i was like yeah lesson learned always put pins in that was like stupid shit we've seen that was where i saw cow squatting with the with ryan the other day got <laughs> ryan to like pull the bar off his back and it was like cow you knew we're going to failure so why didn't you just put pins in <laughs> but no he got ryan to he, he didn't need it after ryan's little Ryan, <laughs> slap on the back. To this yeah. day, the yeah. best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you were watching a lion just about to go fuck up a gazelle, and a tiny little kitten came along and went, "You know this," and then <laughs> a lion to it. That's basically the equivalent of Ryan's tap. <laughs> Was he saying, like, I don't want him too hard in case he knocks him up? Or I was like, it was the limpest slap you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. That one tickled me just because it was like when you watch the video, there's literally like the safety pins on the floor, and it's like it never occurred to Cal to be like, Yeah, I'll just put these in. It's like, no, nah. no, nah, Ryan, Ryan can deadlift 180 kilos off my back. <laughs> clean it from my shoulders <laughs> immediately into his thighs he dealt, to be fair he dealt with it very well yeah he just he was going to jump yeah. yeah basically yeah he only dislocated two arms so he's fine <laughs> yeah I feel like there's there's I imagine I mean have you ever been stuck under weight Paul surely I've been stuck under the I mean that sounded overtly sexual uh i've been stuck under a bench press before but i've not i've never gotten stuck on a squat i've had to dump it off my back a couple of times but never uh put racks in like <laughs> yeah well, i've not had that common sense in the past uh, <laughs> but so i still got a leg press before that was really yeah and I'm, I'm a mobile as it is so like, it's just, i think it was the watson leg press back where james said in sandy put back in dublin and uh 
Like, <laughs> my last rep, I was like, yeah, I've got this. I'm like, no, I fucking don't. <laughs> Comes down, it's like my knees, like fucking touching my ears. Like, full Israel tail mode. Like, <laughs> stuck and banded. I'm like, oh, I, like, I can't get out. So I'm just looking around. And just, everyone's looking at me. I'm like, yeah, I kind of need help. <laughs> it's a trip where people go up and eventually. And you don't want to ask for it as well, isn't it? Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> the worst part of that is then you have to unload the leg press in order to get back into it to try and press it back yeah. out of like just, the world. You have to stand up with your dignity just coming out your ears. <laughs> it's I had a similar one where stuck in a leg press and the only guy that came to help happened to be wearing flip-flops and then couldn't actually get any grip on the floor so it was like he was like sliding along the floor like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just so awkward and hilarious isn't it it's like was, anyway, i feel like he was just doing me a solid just been like, a small time on detention mate just, you, know, <laughs> you must have definitely at some point while doing a dumbbell press failed inwards and like slapped yourself in the chest. I yeah. remember doing that. I, I think I trained, I was like 19 or something. And for the first time ever, I did triceps before chest lats. Really, it was changing the world at the time. But as, <laughs> I think as a result, as I pressed out this dumbbell thing, my right arm just failed in. So I was like, nah. <laughs> and just slapped myself in the chest with like this 30K dumbbell. I was like, well, it is. But it was like, I can't skull crusher this off me. Just had to, it, was, it was a bit of a fail all around. So if you've never done that one, I strongly mm. recommend giving it a crack. Well, my my running with a dumbbell, I'm thinking most recent most recently that was what like March 2019, I want to say it could have been 2020 to be fair. Anyway, no, it's 2019, um, and uh, I was training with Chloe Pickford. She came to Halo, and we were doing the the Purvis press. That is is that the name of the the dumbbell? Oh, the, and dumbbells. Yeah, I didn't know if that was the Purvis press or the Golden press, whatever you want to call it. But it's where you do the dumbbell press and you also attach cuffs to your like humerus, so you've, you've got a bit of added tension in that top position. Anyway, like went to failure and it was what like third set in, and I think they were like forty twos or something. <laughs> and I had um uh like headphones on, Bluetooth um on and basically like finished the set dump the dumbbells and then suddenly my music stopped playing and I, was like, oh. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and I remember looking up and everyone and like Chloe was there and I think I, I think Pat who was also working gym was like <gasps> they were both just sitting there like kind of open mouth and I was like what and I looked down and basically I dropped the 42 kilo dumbbell right on my phone which had fallen out my pocket during the set and it, it not only not only obliterated it it literally like wrapped around the dumbbell so the dumbbell <laughs> so it was just like <laughs> and uh, yeah that was a uh, that was pretty shit um, i knew a dude who once popped the tip of his finger off by dropping a dumbbell into another dumbbell and his finger was right uh, between it and the whole uh, thing literally popped oh off God. Yeah, he got it reattached. You wouldn't be able to tell these days, but that oh, was you're not allowed to tell anyone. Good. You're not allowed to tell any more stories. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a pretty good. It's like me with my phone broke. Well, this guy's finger broke. Here's another pro tip: you can always tell in the gym. You can spot the daytime drug dealers by how many phones they bring into the gym. So if you've ever <laughs> noticed, this one always used to be the case at David Lloyd I worked at. There'd be these lads. They'd rock up in blacked out Range Rover, Louis Vuitton bag new iPhone stuff and then weirdly would have like a Nokia 33 cent that no one could ever quite understand why they had this this extra burner phone I never figured it out definitely drugs definitely drugs definitely drugs that's usually good I used to when I was, when I was trying actually not too long before I moved over here I used to train with my phone but I used to not have I used to hate being on my phone when I was training so I used to use an iPod that I had or a spare phone 
that I had for music for Spotify. I remember sitting there with my two phones, like just putting me, obviously answering text someone, putting Spotify anywhere and looking up and then some dude just looking at me going, mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving me the look as if to say, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> you know, I take them, I don't sell them. <laughs> <laughs> This is Ross trying to defend himself in public here, just yeah. in case anyone's wondering what, 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 my, what my job was before the Muslim mentors was daytime drug dealer. Oh dear. The reason I'm here, I brought I bribed Lucas and Hash. Edit. It's just like cuts to Luke edit that uh, furiously editing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not actually the was dealer, car dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, fuck it out. Did you guys ever used to do anything with Bosu's back in the day? He's trying to jump on, jump on the balance. James, <laughs> I, remember, I remember the first the first program. I wrote the first client I signed up uh, was three times a week in the morning. And I was like, oh, I've got to give some good stuff, some stuff. stuff. So it's um, sitting on the BOSU ball, doing a overhead shoulder press, <laughs> bicep curl. And it was, I think it was like an overhead tricep extension as a little circuit. Uh-huh. Like, the lady needed to lose weight. And I had to sat there on a BOSU doing mm-hmm. an overhead press. I was like, and then I, I remember I used to um, play around with kneeling on the BOSU. And then I had a medicine ball doing like a, a wood chop rotation. I used to do that on a full fit ball. Wait, wait, wait. So you were kneeling actually no feet on the ground. You were literally like on top. Yeah, of... kneeling on it. Wait, that's quite I mean, impressive. There was a good chunk of time well, that ball check was popular where fit balls were all the rage. And so, yeah, we used to do the same thing that Jim was talking about there. You'd kneel on a fit ball for stability, obviously, yeah. right, and train in the core. And then you do various rotation shit. So, oh, yeah, I, sorry, my bad. I'm not talking about a Bosa. I'm talking about the fit. Yeah. The... Right, okay. I was like, when you said Bosa, I was like, well, you mean you had a sat really close Wait, to the fit ball? <laughs> what's the difference? Just the bouncy ball. ball is the half chopped one where you've got the uh, fluffy side yeah, and everything. Yeah. And then fit ball, obviously, big Swiss ball thing. But uh, yeah, it used to, there were like, there was a circusy period where you'd kneel on it, you used to do all fours on it. If you were yeah. really good, you could stand on it. Uh, and then you do like, yeah, you try and get like a, ca- I tried doing cables and like wood chops whilst kneeling on this thing. It was like, mm. fucking. Remember? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you, you had to use like zero kilos because yeah. obviously it would just pull you over. Um, oh. Other thing yeah. back, back in that era, I had something which was called a core stick. <laughs> of course. Basically, yeah, basically imagine like a tube with two sticks on either end but inside the tube there was many sort of balls that had a small weight to them uh, okay so you move the stick with the ball in the middle at pace and the weights little balls in the middle fly to the other side yeah so you do like a rotational core rotation drive it get it going quickly and then by the time you get to the other end you get there and then the balls catch up so you get like a jolt at the other end (laughs) like maybe like my body could handle that then because at that that age i was a regional athlete um but i remember giving that to like newbie clients (laughs) so i'm giving them an explosive spinal rotation at end range, they've got to decelerate this with a really weird profile that no one's using. An explosive spinal rotation, and they'd be surprised when their spine exploded. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just rotation as well. I'd do it overhead, so they'd do like a lateral flexion <laughs> overhead in a in a split squat stance. 
as they should. That's the one. That reminds me actually of a yeah. Dan John thing that he had. He had this thing. There it is. There it is. Dan John. He had a thing called a slosh pipe, which was the basically the same. He made. He got this old steel pipe, half filled it with water, blocked off the other end, and then would just like lunge it around, do various kind of things with it, and same as those beads, they'd all fly. The water would fly to one end. It'd be really kind of unstable as you move around. It'll have its place for, for certain things. Speaking of Paul Check, do you remember when he was really into the clubs? Do you remember them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, I went to, when I went and worked in a, a gym, I remember he had everything. He was the person who had everything. Any little trend he would have had in the past like, 20 years, he had them. So he had those clubs. So, you know, <laughs> I was closing up the gym on my own on like a Friday night. I was like, oh, these are cool. Heavy and cool. As soon as I swung it, I was like, I fucking broke the light bulb. <laughs> that was hanging above me. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> Went to the local shop, got their light bulb, switched it, cleaned it up, and never told them. <laughs> Until <laughs> now. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not one of those the podcast. <laughs> I hope not, anyway. But yeah, we had the clubs just swinging around, and I was like, oh, on the um On the BOSU, so my first ever class that I taught was a circuits class. And within five minutes at the start of this class, I had thrown a med ball into a girl's face and made her nosebleed. Strong stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then I uh, was like, obviously, as part of this circuit, we had squatting on a BOSU with the flat surface on top. So you've done that and it wobbles around. Obviously, super important stuff to be doing. But wait, wait, wait. Just the medicine ball, I feel like you skated past that. That wasn't an accident, was it? She was just mouthing Yeah, out. she pissed me off. Oh, I don't yeah, like that yeah. bit. Uh, no, I'd never met her before in my life. And um, it was a strong start. Definitely made her cry, made her nosebleed. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it was a terrible start. I then, after I'd done this, jumped onto this BOSU to demo a BOSU squat and proceeded to fall immediately off of the BOSU ball. So it was just the worst start you could possibly imagine. I was so excited to be running this class as well. I'm like, oh, I'm a fitness professional now. I'm, I'm doing a class. I'm getting 25 pounds for this session or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, it was a terrible start. So that was, that was a bit of a fail of a day. I used to enjoy a superset as well of leg press into BOSU squat. Stability into not stability. Really important shit, guys. That's what she is, mate. I stability, like strength, power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just did you not add, up. yeah, squat, squat yeah. jumps afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that too. Was this Poliquin? Uh, no, uh, Na- Nas- uh, yeah. yeah. which was popular for a good check. We're going back to like PT on the net. If anyone vaguely remembers PT on the net, Luke and, Ro- Luke and James here are like, Luke and James, Luke and Ross here. I can't make words anymore. And we're like, what? What are you old people? I don't remember. I don't remember PT on the net as in. What is that an actual company? It was a website that was like it's a really old website that was I wonder if it's still there. I'm have a quick look. Um, but it was one of the places to go when you were looking for um just PT information early on. There weren't many resources, and PT on the net was uh was one of the few ones. Yeah, or T Nation, remember T Nation. So <laughs> PT on the net is before even T Nation really became T Nation. T Nation was a level up. From I don't like Teen Nation anymore. Someone tagged me. I'm, I'm going to publicly say this because they blocked me. Uh, <laughs> we got blocked on Instagram. Teen Nation yeah. blocked you? Yeah, someone, t- someone tagged me in like a, a post ages ago. It's supposed to be like a year, two years ago at least, of this guy doing a torso rotation exercise, but it was not a torso rotation exercise. It was dreadful. Um, and, and someone tagged me, going, oh, what are your thoughts on this? And I just gave my thoughts to that guy. And they obviously thought I was, like, rinsing, trying to rinse the post. And then I suddenly got blocked. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, that was outrageous. Uh, anyway. 
Yeah, PT yeah. on the net apparently isn't a thing anymore. It's just been taken up by the NASM. There we go. Which is disappointing because that was that was the place. It was PT on the net. Then it was T Nation. Then Poliquin came out. Czech never really had like a website thing. If I, I don't. Where's it? He used to have Facebook, I want to say. He used to get information from Czech on Facebook. And then his book, How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy, which would convince you you'd be dying from a microwave in about 12 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the strength I, I, ne- I never even owned a microwave for about seven, eight years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was that concerned about it? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't oh, yeah. expose myself to those phytoestrogens. It'd, be, it'd just be ending my life. Is it questions? Is that what they say? Or is it just the fact? Xenoestrogens as well. Remember, you don't, yeah. I used to work at a gym where you used to convince women not to wear deodorant because of xenoestrogens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like, this is fucking bananas. Yeah. Don't be trying to convince them to get uh, diesel cars because it's more, <laughs> there's more xenoestrogen than the smell of petrol. Well, <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have, oh, this person's got a belly button piercing. They're never going to get lean. Yeah, yeah. There's a hole. There's stuff leaking yeah. out. Is that a Poliquin thing? Yeah, that was a Poliquin What? He actually said that? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the rationale? Because oh, it caused the... inflammation to the abdominal area or something. Calories are leaking in through the hole. I remember what the rationale was on that particular one. Oh, I've got a good one thinking of that. Did you ever look into the pimps? <laughs> no. That rings a strong bell, but I can't remember why. Is that a song? I can't even explain it enough to talk to the thought process of it, but... All I remember doing to a client after going on the course, like sticking a pen into them. Yeah, was taking my pen into like tear band tear, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I stab him in, literally almost stabbing him into the middle of the quad. Yeah, um, and then getting him back on the leg extension to try and increase force output. I remember, yeah, I that does ring a bit. But I remember jabbing people in a few different places with a pen or a pencil, yeah. being like da da. <laughs> <laughs> You're now perfect. Yeah, was, uh, I remember. I had, these remember dim. I remember the supplement dim that used to be yeah. on for ages. Yeah. It's just, it was like, it turns out it's a horrific anti estrogen. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it was not good for females. It's like, oh, you're carrying a little extra body fat. Dim for you. I, I remember my my protocol back, back in the day. I had fat legs relatively, so when I measured <laughs> the calipers, so I took dim calcium dim at six hundred milligrams a day. Cal, calcium de glucurate. Um. Uh. What is it? Sulfuric acid, I think, as well. I was like yeah. a, the full Eastern protocol that was advised, 200 quid or whatever. Didn't change a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Lean legs, but dim's illegal now in the UK. Is it? Yeah, you can't you can't have it in supplements. Dim. Dim is illegal. You can't you can't you can't put it in supplements anymore. Yeah, it used to be oh. part of the estrogen protocol. Yeah, yeah, the lean leg protocol. protocol. You had a, um, an insulin protocol. I just found quotes about about the but the Charles Poliquin says so is an excerpt from an article that Poliquin wrote about um, belly button piercings. Should shall I read? I feel like Paul would be the best to read this, but so it says, "Don't get pierced. Body piercings. Can, this is hilarious, by the way. Body piercings can raise cortisol levels and lead to fat gain, and no site as is as susceptible to fat gain as your abs." If you have a navel piercing, remove it and chances are you'll lose fat in the abdominal area. I've seen it numerous times and anyone who has been to my biosignature classes has probably had the benefit of witnessing the dramatic drop in belly and total body fat over just five days when attendees remove their navel piercings. Um, so our recent biosignature course in Toronto, four women 
with naval piercings had their body fat taken on the first day of the course. I suggested they remove their jewellery because they would likely drop body fat not only in the umbilical area, but all over the body. The women removed them, and on the last day of the course, we took their body fat measurements again, and one amazed attendee said loudly, you can see their abs. Check out that definition. The fat just just fell away during those five days. Two women decreased their umbilical measurement by 36%, while the other two lost 24 and 21%. Other body fat sites also dropped remarkably, particularly those that are very susceptible to elevated cortisol, such as the superiliac. And then he goes on to talk about how they they, they mess with uh, hormones. Does anyone remember his claim of the Dominican eggs? I think it was eggs. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm confident it was eggs. He gave. This is like I'm always reminded of the anabolic properties of food because when I go to the Dominican Republic, within five days I've gained about 16 pounds of lean muscle, and the only <laughs> change has been the Dominican eggs. And then he shits on the UK. I think in the same article, by being like, whereas when I travel to the UK, their shit quality food, I like, I drop several pounds in a, in, a, in several days of being there. Do you remember when he, uh, he used to say, um, he was like, you can have carbohydrates if you're less than 10% body fat. <laughs> but if you're more, you absolutely can. Do you remember how much fish oil you used to have to take? <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember it was like 12 caps a day. It was what? one capsule oh. per percent of body fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you were like morbidly obese and like a 50%, which happens with clients, apparently my recommendation was like, I need 50 capsules of fish oil a day. But, uh... The total calorie value would be so fucking high. <laughs> the, um, but that, that reminds me on the, that, that article, like the stupid shit I used to do. Um, I'm sure we've all done is like body you know, caliper testing people that just really do not need caliper testing. But also, I mean, like thinking caliber testing is like the be all or end all. I mean, like that. <laughs> I think it's in Charles Polyquin's interest to maybe pinch a little bit less when he's doing that. And be like, oh look, a thirty-six percent drop. And it's like ETs <laughs> do, you know, measuring people's body fat, and they're like, oh yeah, but yeah, I know your weight's still, but apparently, you know, apparently the caliper reading style. So I definitely pinched as hard as last time because it's not in my interest to try and pinch a little less to get a better score here. Um, but like, you know, when you have those clients that come and they're like, I, I want to lose a bit of body fat and they're like easily like, you know, high 20s, they're pushing 30% and you're like, sweet, let's get the calipers out just to make you feel bad about this. <laughs> like, well, you know, why do we need to do that? Um, did, you, did you ever do them? Did you ever remember the seven sites that you used to have to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, did, you did a chin. <laughs> I remember like, just like, like oh, it start, started on cheek. Yeah. 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 Cheek. Chin. cheek and chin. And then it was all tricep and umbilical. And then down to the kneecap as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember like it was like, like, like 40 year old women, like very wealthy women. I was doing this day. I was like, all right, Samantha, lift up there so I can grab your chin. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm, sitting, I'm, like no, I'm like 19, but I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I was, I was always pissed off because my right kneecap has some scar tissue on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 keep my body fat levels up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, here you go. I found the polyquin bit. Here's the quote. Ready? I realize how anabolic food is every time I go to teach in the Dominican Republic. Last time I taught a biosig modulation course in the DR, the students took my body fat Monday morning. I was 8% and weighed 198 pounds. Now, there's no such thing as grain fed in the DR. They can't afford it. So cows eat grass. And if you eat a mango over there, you have to eat it over a sink because it's so juicy. The eggs too. are far more anabolic. They're orange and full of omega-3s, like all eggs naturally were thousands of years ago. 
DR avocado tastes like butter. It's so rich in nutrients. Eating avocados over here is like eating fiberglass once you've had a DR avocado. Anyway, five days later, after eating only Dominican Republic foods, I weighed 209 pounds at 6% body fat. My business partner came to finish the seminar, took one look at me and said, what happened to you? But <laughs> when I work in the UK or Ireland, I lose muscle mass and put fat on almost inevitably, even though I try to eat as cleanly as possible. The quality of the food is just piss poor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what did he say his weight was when he started? 198 to 8%. Five days later, 11 at 6%. So he gained 11 pounds while losing 2% body fat. I think it looks... <laughs> He took some uh, some Colombian supplements at questionably high doses. If he wants to even pretend this, oh, man. I mean, it's hard to argue with. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good result. I don't know what happened. Cool. <laughs> oh God rest, God rest. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that sums up. That I mean, I'm 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 moving to the Dominican Republic. I mean, as we should. I think every there should be a all mass practical exodus. camps from here on will take place in the DR. And there should be a mass exodus of every person interested in fitness from the UK and Ireland over to the Dominican Republic. That's the thing. Do you remember an impressive bodybuilder from the UK? There are precisely none of them in the UK as we speak. They just can't do it while in the uh, while in the United Kingdom. It's a shame. <laughs> that is hilarious. Like that. It's only now you're laughing at Dom. I used to listen. Oh, I bought everything, into that everything he oh, everything he said. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. Give me all the give me a level. Like, where can I find these? And I was poor at the time, relatively yeah. speaking. So I was like, "Fuck, these are so expensive for this grass-fed cow." <laughs> I remember I going order after like reading stuff like that and doing by a sig. My full diet, meat wise, was all wild meat. I got like yeah. wild Venice boar, horse, kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> My clients are like, "What the hell are you eating?" I just wild kangaroo. boar, <laughs> some kangaroo steaks and some nuts. Jimbo, it is six thirty in the morning. <laughs> like, yeah, meat and nuts. Yeah, that's how we do this. Horse yeah. and the steak and nuts diet, steak and yeah, nuts. Meat, meat and nuts breakfast. I remember telling clients who work like in the city they needed a meat and nuts breakfast. Yeah, and yeah. like this woman has like three kids who all eat fucking rice krispies, doesn't have a minute to herself, and I'm like, yeah, you need to be grilling, preferably pan sear some wild tuna, and then it's like six in the morning. My my weekly schedule in the week. <laughs> I started work at six thirty. I was up at five thirty. Cooked off two horse burgers. Like, I think it's like 450 grams of meat. Go in, eat that, go in, do two sessions, 630, 7.30, 8.30 to 9, have a break, have another two, so another 450 grams of meat. <laughs> then I generally do three sessions, have another 450 grams of meat, <laughs> and then train. <laughs> but no, no carbs, just meat? Oh, no, no carbs, because I was about 11% body fat. Yeah, he needed to get that one. Yeah, you have to be 9.99999. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anything, anything above that is absolutely but, Because Because I had to consume 3.3 to 4.4 <laughs> grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Wow. <laughs> that's that's what obviously we're told. Women were 2.2 to 3.3. Wow. What was your body weight at the time? Uh, it would have been like 110 or something like that, 112. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> 440 grams of protein later Woo! yeah so easy um i think i had a few digestive issues what was I, say? I wonder why that was i have absolutely no idea where that would be the case that's, that's incredibly that is that is phenomenal advice though. i mean uh, but right. we we all bought into it strongly 
I mean, you can't deny the look you, you had then, Jimbo. It's pretty jacked, right? Pretty shredded, pretty jacked. That was probably before the shredded and jacked look. <laughs> I remember, though, being confused. There was a lad I worked with called Chris, who was a big, juicy boy, but, like, shredded. But he'd come in and be, like, nailing Mars bars and stuff. And I just used to look at him like, well, this is bullshit, but also, how do you look like that? Because <laughs> I just remember, <laughs> was like, he was ahead of the game. Dark. He was ahead of the game. Yeah, I was like, ah. I just remember the other PTs that I, like, I just look look down on them. Like, <laughs> how do you how do you not know? This is the only way. This is how it's got to be. <laughs> Pity, yeah. the, pity yeah. the fool. Yeah. Oh. Look at you as your beef peasants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jimbo's sitting there with his horse bag. It's just like, ah, oh, pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Ross was like a macro boy, though. Yeah, exactly. I came right over the later generation. I was like, excuse you, I know what Bollock is. <laughs> I done one of those eight-hour arm days before. <laughs> oh, uh, was it getting an inch or two inches on your arm? I forget. Uh, your deal was getting a two and a half. Um, okay, right. Best. No, I mean like eight hours. Of, like, <laughs> yeah, eight hours. Pure Just, a deep work. You did fuck work. I was in agony for about two years. He asked Coach Poliquin book. I've still got some of his books. I feel like... So is it two and a half inches of pure edema and inflammation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember everyone like coming back. I think it was three days later you come back for the measurement or something. I think it was, and like just all the lads are just sitting there. It was like, yeah, this is gonna be class. <laughs> barely having lived their arms, I'm swollen to the hilt. <laughs> Imagine if that's how it works with building mustard. That it's just like you can just yeah. You know, so like, I need to bring my chest up. I've I you you need to do ten hours work. You can do it in a day. You can do it over the course of a week. You know, so I'm just doing the day. And it was lying, it was lying easy bar score cutters supersetted with inclined dumbbell curls for, what, what? for literally hours. The best workout that he spoke about was literally you pick two exercises. You do in theory, I think it was a weight where you could do six reps, but you do two. And you go back and forth for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I went squats, hamstring curl, squats, hamstring curl, just oh, walking back. Yeah, well, just two reps. Yeah, just two reps. Yeah. Right, get, go back. Yeah, heavy, heavy. Oh, yeah. He's number 61225. I mean, yeah. with, these, with, these, with these protocols, all whilst you like the eight hour arm day and that half an hour, two, like, two reps, I was that whilst snorting BCAs and pinning Amiga. Oh, yeah, four. At the tub of PCAs, have 40 capsules during my workout. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> I think that's not even a lie as well. That's exactly how many you're supposed to take. In the eight-hour arm day, eight hour arm day, you take eight an hour. Whilst pinning Omega-3s. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what is he supposed to take? And he's just like, and he's like, and cluster dextrin. You need loads of cluster dextrin. In, in all seriousness, no, I think like, it does create a certain work ethic. Oh, yeah. Now yeah, people are like, oh, I'm training four or five times a week and I'm overtraining. Like, I train twice a day, doing ten sets of ten in the morning, and then doing a giant set in the afternoon. Like <laughs> the amount of volume that we I did in the past and stuff, doing like two sessions a day for four days a week, so it's like eight sessions over the week and stuff, plus sprints, plus strongman training and stuff on top. So it, it did create a certain a sort of work ethic, I think, around training and not being scared of overtraining. Yeah. 100%. Like, I still, to this, to this day, like, you might laugh at some of the things that you say, but you respect the shit out of them. Do you know what I'm saying? Without every, any shadow of a doubt, like, I respect the shit out of them, you know, kind of way. And, like, you know, it is, you look back now, could have known what we know, and you're like, okay, maybe some of it was a little bit misleading. But he was out there 
doing his best to learn as much as he could about what he loved, you know, which was more than a lot of people were doing. Like, so I think he can really take away from that. You know? The reason everyone followed him at that point is he came across better than everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. He was more persuasive. He spoke well. His writing was funny. Uh, it was, yeah. What was this joke of like, are those your legs or are you riding an ostrich? Some more legs came and it's a good line. Like he was an engaging guy who communicates stuff and his training stuff was way better than any of the other training stuff at the time, yeah. really. Right. Um, yeah, because so at, at the time, it was either functional training. Yeah. There was like the Gary Gray, Porchek, them type people, or there was Poliquin. There was no, yeah. oh, there was, obviously was exercise mechanics and RTS, but we didn't know no about, knew about them. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you've, you know, you've got to look at it through that lens of, we're laughing at the funny stuff, but you've also got to think, any, anytime anyone gets to that kind of position, they're doing a load of stuff that is positive and good and right. Like you, yeah, you very rarely find someone get to that if all of it is just shit and all of it is the stuff we can laugh at. Like we're also laughing at ourselves that we bought into all this. Yeah. 100%. Well, I say that. I mean, I never did polyquin stuff. So. <laughs> Yourself, there, boy. No, it, it actually, it actually shows. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really like it's not really, I, I don't think he actually did anything with any kind of mild content. He was like, he genuinely thought, Oh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. incredible at what I'm doing. I know, I know, I, I'm onto something here, Do you know. And I think that's it. When you think of that, the attention that he had was always to kind of continue to elevate people. It, like, at, the time as well, it, at the time as well, it did massively open up a potential another avenue to try and delve into in terms of okay, we've got to have an appreciation for gut health. Like, yes, he took it to another level, but we maybe want to look at some basic blood work panels like that he was the first person that started to look at them type of things and we do want to have some concern for health and also like, even like look how many people who studied under poliquin have gone on to have a successful career in a business yeah. as a like that's not completely by accident whether that's a nick mitchell or a mark coles or you can go over to australia and we'll find a bunch you'll find the same in the states like there's a crap load of people who went through some stuff again we laugh at the stuff we should laugh at because Dominican eggs are fucking funny. But there's also some stuff that you go, fair play, you, you're clearly onto something and clearly did some good work. Amen. Yeah. Apart from if you're Luke, in which case he has no appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the thing. I, while I didn't do it, I'm kind of sorry I, I missed some of it because it obviously has like been such a big influence on everyone's careers. Yeah. I, I know for me, I did a five-day training camp uh, with him which was like probably one of the, in the early years was one of my best experiences. Yeah. 15 of us on the camp training twice a day. So you'd go in, you'd have an hour's lecture, you'd train for an hour and a half, maybe have another half an hour, 45 minutes lecture or something, eat two lectures in the afternoon, train again, like for five days. Like I remember that experience was just incredible. Over in Sweden um, at that age, I think a year, two years in the industry, uh, I used to love stuff like that. The biggest mistake in that, though, was clearly that you did it in Sweden and, again, not in the Caribbean, where uh, where those eggs could have been put to use. <laughs> but that idea, like, I think, to some degree, we do well from doing a similar kind of thing, of putting on camps and stuff and being like, right, let's get people to experience. Because that's the thing that you took from that, right, is the experience of doing. Like, it's one thing to hear concepts. It's a whole other one to, like, do them and get that, like, lived experience of it and be like, fuck me, that, huh. Okay, it reframes everything for you in a way you can understand. You're like, I thought I trained before, and then shit. And that's a cool moment. Yeah. It would be really interesting to see if, like, if it, if Poliquin stuff actually surfaced now, 
whilst you know a, a fair portion of the industry is starting to look into mechanics more and stuff like that like how it would have held up as much it would be interesting i think there is still the polygon group I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that's yeah, still right. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and like uh, and strength sensei is now the one that his fan because they obviously had that big problem when he did pass between who was gonna i think it was i think it was the rights to the company was to do with his daughter or something like that. it's not for this but it's something to do with that but i know the polygon group is still like a thing um, and like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't Luke Lehman work for Polygon at one stage? Yeah, yeah, he was one of the original yeah, yeah. guys with yeah. like, I think Derek Widsky and yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing you mentioned people in Australia like you know Luke. I was thinking of Luke. Yeah, Mark Carroll. Mark Carroll. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That, but that would have been. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, interesting stuff. I love how this has turned into so it was like what well, this is less dumb shit. What other dumb shit? Yeah, what, what other Ooh, I saw a lady once who God bless this woman. She used to come in and she would bring like a whole bag into the gym, which is fine because you know if you have a whole bag is in you know, what type of bag? Like gym bag. Yeah, so travel, that's the travel bag with wheels. It would look a bit like a gym bag. So you'd be thinking, okay, fair enough. I've got quite a big gym bag with what essentially looks like some kind of sex dungeon in it these days with the amount of like loops and gimp masks and full just dildo drills. But other than that, <laughs> but this lady came in and she sat down in the middle of the free weight section and got her bag out and then proceeded to do her full face makeup, hair, hairspray. And like, I was like, no fucking way. I just it's not like the changing it. rooms were closed or anything. It was so strange. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, Imagine you're just there pressing and there's a lady hairspraying. And she had a big set of hair, right? And fucking everywhere. I was like, this is no, no, no one ever say anything. Like, if I owned the gym, I'd go up to him and be like, sorry, love, you're going to have to do that. And the- it's almost just like, huh. Ooh, I also saw a dude, and I never hated a man quite as much as this, who was, <laughs> who was squatting. He was about 19. He was a bit of a douchebag. And I wandered past the rack and he was singing to himself, drop it like it's hot. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. Like oh, while squatting, I was like, "I hate you so much." I want to do that thing of sort of what we told us earlier. Because he was a better on one side. He was a better singer than you, probably. And he was. I can't remember whether he was singing it well or not, but he was like, he would always walk around just lifting his shirt up and like just striking oh, and just being God. super douchey. Uh, You're like, fuck that guy. And then when you hear that, I was like, absolutely not. Is it that an argument? And um, he used to be like, call himself a power lift, like, so the classic, like, you know, I'm going to wear like budget knee sleeves and carry jennies around with me all the time. <laughs> so, like, he'd just kind of walk around the gym, he'd be doing this kind of like thing. As soon as you make eye contact with him, he'd like saunter up to you and just shake the jennies at you as if you want one. He's <laughs> 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 like, no, this is not what my session is missing right now. You coming up and asking me what the fucking jelly talk go. <laughs> to enjoy powerlifters they'd be doing like you know tops of fucking 15 reps in the entire yeah. session but they'd make sure they were super hydrated because they had the world's <laughs> biggest water bottle <laughs> you've ever seen i'm like you're barely moving or getting sweat going there's, you don't a, guy, need a, yeah. there's a guy who used to train in Tommy Giles. i mean before it was halo when it was more of an olympic lifting gym um, and he would literally come in and he developed reputation. He basically spent like a good six, seven hours in the gym at a time. He was a powerlifter, and he, he would li- he was uh, he was also a nurse, so he he was doing a lot of night shifts, which is why I think he had time during the day. But he'd literally come in and like just spend ages, and he'd like do a set, and then he'd be out in the in the reception chatting away, eating protein bar or something like that, and then ten minutes later he'd go back in, do another set, repeat, and it would take him like. 
you know, two and a half, three hours to just do his squats and then he'd do the same for deadlifts. And you were just like, what? <laughs> there was an old boy who, um, he used to wear a string of vest and he must have been in his 70s. So fair play to the lad. Uh, and like for a 70 odd year old kind of guy, perfectly fine physique. He probably still wouldn't rock a stringer with it. I'll be honest, but fair enough. He, he would be in the gym for about six, six and a half hours. And he'd be doing things for almost all of it, but he'd always do the weirdest shit. I, <laughs> I remember watching him hang upside down from a Smith machine with a bench sort of underneath him and like dangle his head sort of just so it was grazing the bench and then proceed to do a bunch of like weird neck bridges. <laughs> he once did bicep curls, and this is only going to work if you can watch this, but if this is his arms, it, <laughs> he literally went like some kind of T-Rex running uh, that was phenomenal. He, um, I, I once saw him put 100 kilos on a bar in a squat rack. I was like, oh shit, maybe he's gonna actually do some training. He then went up to the bar and just turned the bar around in the rack. <laughs> so doing just like rolling the bar. I was like, I don't think you need the weight particularly on that for that. But he, I remember him once- uh, Were his forearms absolutely monstrous? They were not, they were not. <laughs> uh, I remember just having a chat with him once. He was like, the problem is mate, it's just, there's just not enough time to get it all done. I was like, you're here for six hours. What do you mean there's not enough time to get it all done? It was blessed that man. It was mental. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the neck guy from Southside and Jim of the Dragons. And I actually hope he knows who I am because I'd love to figure out who he was and what his name was and ask him why he was doing what he was doing. So it was like, you know, like the, the West Side fucking, um, not um, you know, the lower back machine. The reverse hyper. Reverse hyper. That's So what he'd do is he'd come in and get the thing he had with the strap that was beyond the reverse hyper machine. So he'd like get one of their weight boxes and put it around and just wrap it around his head. <laughs> it's about pet was head. It's exactly it's exactly what you think it's gonna be. So then he proceeds then to swing the reverse <laughs> goes boom and like pulls him back down and he's like holding onto the machine, like grabbing himself on and pulling him back. And when he does that, both from the front, two sides, he then puts to put a bike helmet on, go over to the astroturf. And like stand on his head, right? <laughs> standing on his head, and like twisting himself around. He was obviously going to break dance or something. But the way he used to train, like I used to be sitting there like six o'clock in the morning with a client, trying to get rid of the attention on the call, but just see this fella just looking, <laughs> you know, hearing the weights clang. I mean, the guy was a neck made of steel, like, swinging out of it. And then he like he'd get, then he take the bike helmet off, and he go on the floor. But then he'd like proceed to like put pressure on his neck and like push himself back up. <laughs> like, oh, must have had the most ridiculously strong. I, ge I genuinely wouldn't surprise if he's dead. Stand up, Clyde. It wouldn't surprise me if he's dead. If he died there a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> you know. I mean, you guys I mean, know um, a French rugby player called Camille Chat or Chat. If you've never no. seen him, Google him and his neck. Just put C H A T, French rugby neck. Right, his name is Cat. That's awesome. Chat. Yeah. Yeah. He's got no neck. The man is just head. <laughs> oh he God. looks like a cartoon character. He oh my God. Neck on him. <laughs> oh, so there, it's tied to neck. Titanic. What is that? <laughs> and we're like, neck day, bro? Yeah, neck all day. <laughs> he looks like Patrick Starr. <laughs> if you're listening to this, please Google what I just said. You'll enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you will. Strongly. That is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so, like, yeah, Trey, there's a meme here for those that want to see. And it's like, trainer, today let's start with arms. Camille Shat, neck. <laughs> we, did neck we, did, we did neck yesterday. Camille Shat, neck. 
<laughs> Muscles need time to recover. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I kind of enjoy it these days, to be fair, because it's rare that you see someone like, let's face facts, we see lots of people doing exercises and it might be a little poorly executed, but I know what they're trying to do. I enjoy it when I see someone where I'm like, I don't even know what you think yeah. I'm doing. Like, I enjoy that level of, eh. <laughs> yeah, there's something, there's something about that made up. I'm going to do this because of this convoluted reason that I've created in my own head and my own head alone. It's so entertaining to realize it's hilarious. I think it, I think the neck guy is arguably the funniest. To be fair, I kind of want to see it. I'm gonna try. He definitely still trains us outside. I guarantee you. Like, I guarantee you, Carl. If I get Carl O'Sullivan to, yeah, he'll know, he'll know what I'm talking yeah. about. And I'll see. If, I'll see if Net guy still trains there. Or if he, used, I used to have an irrational hatred of this dude, who I would have been 20, so in uni, used to go to this gym in Clapham, and this guy was the only guy I've ever known who did super slow reps. So let's say he was benching, he'd stop and hold each position for like three seconds and he'd stop at like five different points on the way down and then five different points on the way back up and That's he had phenomenal. slightly greasy long hair and i i don't know why but i hated him i yeah. had a visceral, <laughs> every time i saw him do anything i was like fuck you in your yeah. fucking reps guys 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 that's how we rile pool now like train with him and then just be like <laughs> i was like yeah. it yeah. me these days i don't know why it bothered me some part of him just annoyed yeah. but everyone has that as soon as you see someone you don't know i've never met them before and you're like you know what don't fucking like you. Yeah. <laughs> he said that in nerd, I don't like you for that person. Yeah. To be fair, that gym was a gold mine. Yeah, I mean, at least he wasn't years. at least he wasn't launching the way. Hey, go check it. Paul's post. Post it for me. <laughs> <laughs> we named a few people at that gym. There was a dude who remembers from uh from Happy Gilmore, Shooter McGavin. Oh yeah. Shooter McGavin. <laughs> and he used to do the <laughs> right? There was a dude who we called Shooter McGavin because he just looked that douchey. Like yeah, he just yeah. every time he'd do anything, he starts being something. I just was imagining him doing like finger guns at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I fucking hate you. My favorite name, and this is probably going to get me in trouble <laughs> because <laughs> I definitely shouldn't say this, but I'm going to, right? So we had this, there was a little angry, <laughs> she was a really angry black woman who looked like fake box all the time, like shadow box between things. I yeah. think she might have been like pre-op possibly as well, which fair play to the lady, but we called her Black Joe Pesci as a result. <laughs> and to this day, that's one of my favorite nicknames, <laughs> but I'm definitely going to get shit for this. So this could be, this could be, this was 10 years ago. You could use that as a nickname. You want me to edit that one out, Paul? Yeah, we'll leave it in. Let's see what happens. <laughs> it was 10 years ago. Times were different. I came and he Earth. was not affiliated with the Muscle Mentors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that. There was yeah. another dude, there was a dude in the gym. To be fair, I didn't realize this was a gay gym at the time, and I should have known in hindsight, being it was called Soho Gyms. Probably should have known. I was at drama school. It's a pretty gay place. Should have also known. <laughs> there was a dude, and I've never seen a piece like this. We called him Mr. Dong, right? There was <laughs> so in the sort there was a sauna in the changing room, and it looked out. <laughs> it looked out to the showers. And so me and we and one of my friends used to train there the most of the time. Uh. We were sat there, towels on and stuff, because you know, standard sauna behavior. And this dude came out of the shower that's facing opposite the sauna. And his cock was swinging. His head was, and I'm not joking, near his kneecap. It was <laughs> a proper full arm. 
And I just, I couldn't stop staring at it. I was like, oh my <laughs> God. I feel like it's the scene in the full Monty where the guy does it in the, in the, uh, um, in the audition. Oh, man. He's like, he's like, gentlemen, the lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Like, I had to do a double take because I was like, surely that's not. And then I remember being convinced. I was like, dude, is it bad? I want to see it hard. Surely it can't get bigger. Surely it can't. Wait, who said that? I definitely said that. Yeah. <laughs> How does that get larger? It was already yeah. like, he should've... wasn't a short man. He wasn't a short man. He was like 6'2". <laughs> you should have looked at him and said, your mate needs a tail as well. He, to be fair to him, he had a mate who was equally packing some weaponry. Uh, oh. But we were like, we, he was called Mr. Dong's mate. Fuck, <laughs> oh, you know. Lesser uh, It's been a while since I gave people nicknames at the gym. I used to, I missed that one. <laughs> the gym. Yeah, we used to have them as well. You didn't know their actual names. It's outrageous. Listeners are in for a treat on this episode. <laughs> we missed. I we'd missed her neck. I'd angry sweat. It was like angry sweat. I fucking hated angry sweat. It's just this dude used to come in. So it was actually during the lockdown, and when we were the very first one, just after it lifted. So Southside had time slots, so you could only you could only go in for a certain amount of time, and seventy five minutes. And like he proceeded to show up late to his slot every single day and then ask to stay on beyond the slot, like right. ahead of everyone else. And it just used to piss me the fuck off. Like, you're such a dick. Just show up on time, go over your slot and get out with everyone else. And the slot would end and he'd just stay up there, never wiped any equipment down. We're all being told to wipe down equipment. Health inspectors coming in every couple of hours. I remember I ate the fucking head off in one of the days because the guy who used to work behind the counter was the nicest guy in the world. would never say anything to him. I'm like, absolutely lost in that. I was like, dude. You're never going to go in and fucking complain about the slot. So maybe you should show up to yours, you fucking prick. And wipe down your kit. I was fucking going nuts at him. Oh, man, he was so irritating. To this day, I'm pretty sure he's still trained in the gym. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I feel like we've... Uh... I don't think any stories can follow up Paul's now, so... I think we should just leave it off. Like I say, so anyone who's listening, I mean, like, this was not... I mean, the last two haven't been high, too educational. I suppose the last one was probably fairly educational because it was, it was like, if you're new to the industry, yeah. like, this one's just good times. Um, and questionable times in certain cases. As very well. questionable times. <laughs> but no, I mean, for those that watch on YouTube, comment below some of your stuff. If, you, if you're going to share it on socials, share it on your stories with something as well because that would be quite funny. Hashtag yeah, if you, do, if you do share it, give us a story as well because I want to hear it. I want the hashtag Mr. Dong to feature in your hashtag. Yeah. You made it this far in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Make it cryptic. You're Mr. Dong. I'm like, why are people saying Mr. Dong? <laughs> <What's this hashtag? laughs> There's only one way to find out. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. And um, I think, well, next time we'll probably go back to some sort of Q and A because we've had two episodes without that sort of thing, and then um, and then we'll get more Mr. Dong. <laughs> all, all the Q and A guys will be like, talk about Mr. Dong again. If anyone is <laughs> in the Clapham North area, circa 2010, and knows who Mr. Dong is, reach out to me. <laughs> what, what would you do if you got a text of him and saying, "I'm Mr. Dong," and he proceeded to send you a picture of his cock to prove it? <laughs> <laughs> Like so, it is. I feel like I feel like this is inviting some pretty questionable invitation. Like, you know, it's, 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 you know there's some the hunt for Mr. Dong. Yeah, Paul's just gonna get inundated with dick pics now. Um, you know how they put like lost kids on milk cartons? Let's take them to a whole different place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you draw a picture of the missing person? Like, yes. <laughs> 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 
God. Anyway, until next time, people. Thank you for listening, and um, thank you guys as well. Oh, that was good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to the Muscle Mentors podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors who support the channel and everything we do in the realms of education and coaching within the industry. Firstly, our original sponsor, Supplement Needs. They've been with us from the start. If you're seeking the highest quality supplements on the market, particularly organ support and health-orientated products, you can use code MUSCLEMENTORS at checkout for 10% off your order. Precision Prep, our recently introduced food preparation partner, delivering the finest quality meal prep across the UK, featuring their new Pro Prep range, a concept closely developed with us to solve an issue we see day to day with time limitations and nutritional compromise. If you're seeking the highest quality nutrition delivered to your door for the best price, look no further. Use code MUSCLEMENTALS at checkout for 15% off your first order and 10% thereafter. And lastly, RAR Optics, the highest grade blue light, blue light blocking glasses on the market with the slickest style. In a world filled with artificial light, particularly those with high screen time, I can certainly say I'm one of them. These can be a real game changer for sleep quality and recovery, something we use personally on a day-to-day -day basis. Grab yourself a pair by using code MUSCLEMENTALS at checkout for money off all orders. Once again, thank you for your continued support. Until next time.